Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the mother of all sports shows. And today is a very special day. We have our first guest, lady guest that is. She's come a long way, all the way down that hill from Billinge. And we're in the studio here and we can see wondrous sights of St. Helens from made to run. Mrs. Without further ado, without further ado, Mrs. Kelly Hamilton. Welcome. Hello, Matt. Hello, John Joe. Thank you for having me. Great to have you on the show. Well, we start, I think we start, we normally start, we talk about our last week's training, perhaps, you know, Matthew's always injured, you know, so he doesn't have much to say. But Kelly, we'll ask you about your week, but we'll ask you about your year as well, what you've been, you know, how you've, well, yeah, what's been going on with your training for the last year and particularly the last week as well. Yeah. So, well, I think I need to tell you when I started running to give it a bit of a context. So, I'm a relatively late comer to running. I have two children, and when my second was born, I was sat at home feeling a bit sorry for myself, having a little newborn baby, and a friend, Jenny Martin, who runs for St. Helens Striders, messaged me to say that she was going to the running club that evening, and would I like to go? So back in October 2016, that message kind of, I'm going to say it saved me, but it helped me at the time I was in with a newborn baby. And I went to St. Helens Striders that week and that was it. That was where my running journey began. So we're talking five years ago and you're, you're 34 years of it. How old 34, are you? 34, so I was, I just, I was 30. You just turned 30. Yeah, so it's what, four and a bit years? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Is it, is that I've what it always is, yeah? been sporty, yeah. and as a youth, I was a professional dancer. Oh, so right, yeah, 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 yeah. is in me, but it wasn't running. I was a dancer. And at the age of 18... What kind of dancing are we talking here? So I did freestyle, which in more general term would be disco dancing, Russian ballet, cheerleading, sports and dance aerobics... I was on the Great Britain cheerleading team. I competed all over the country, went to Holland. I've danced at the Theatre Royal and Drury Lane in London. My word. So it was big, big thing as a, as, a, as a youth. And then when I turned 18, I made the choice, do I pursue a dance career or do I go to university? Big mistake. Big mistake. <laughs> so it was the second option. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Couldn't be any different. I chose to study law um, and I've been a qualified solicitor for 10 years. So from the age of 18 to 30, didn't exercise very much. I would, you know, I joined some gyms. Every now and again, I would jog around the block with my, my next door neighbour. Just enough to keep myself... Do you want to give her a mention on the mother of all sports shows? Oh yes, yeah, so my friend Elena. Elena, there Elena we are. If you're listening, Elena. Oh, she's a beautiful, beautiful lady and I still run with her now. Yeah, you've not convinced her to join the St. Helens Striders? Well, she lives a little bit, she lives in Wigan and um, she has a child and she, she works hard. So I don't think she could commit right now, but she, no. Sorry, Elena, sorry. if you're listening, you can prove her wrong. Yeah. Prove her wrong. I would love her to. Um, so yeah, at 30, I decided to join Striders and I, I decided to run and very quickly noticed that I could run quite well. Um, I saw quite a stark improvement over a short period of time. And then it just became a 
big hobby for me. I've made loads of friends and I've had the opportunity to research and train myself and striders gave me the opportunity and I'm now a qualified running leader and a qualified running coach. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. But you asked me about what I've done this year. Yeah, we did, week, yeah. So. Yeah, you're like a politician. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. we've, all, yeah, we've, all, we've all struggled with the lockdown and stuff this year and it's, on, yeah. you know, it's affected our, our training and obviously there's, there's still no races on the cards. I mean, I know yourself and, and, and Amir are both... Um, both got Wrexham, you're doing the, the half marathon in Wrexham, um, I'm going to do the full, um, so you know, we've, we've, there's a race on there, hopefully, it's, it's, I think we're waiting for this next week or so to hear if it's getting elite status as well, so, which means there's, there's no way it can sort of be cancelled and our training can go full steam ahead. Um, but yeah, have you sort of dealt with that and things? Obviously better than John Joe, because he's, he's given up on everything, so uh, with no races. <laughs> so for me, I raced the week before the lockdown in March 2020. I ran the Liverpool Half Marathon. It was one of the last races that went ahead before lockdown. So I kind of I finished there and I've now nearly gone 12 months. So I'm very much, as you both know me, very organised and I'm very lethargical and I like things in the routine and I, you can see that through my life with my work and with my kids so for me I've not stopped training because it's part of how I function I'm, I've never been one who would train and then stop for a bit and then pick it back up and stop for a bit it's easier for me to just continue so when I say I've been training throughout it might not be specific it might not be targeted but I have never stopped there's been some kind of general theme running from March last year to now where I've been running there or there about so many miles. I've been trying to do there or there about so many speed sessions. Just, and it helps me mentally to just, I feel like if I had now, I've got a race on the cards, I'm, I'm ready to start increasing my training or to make it more targeted and specific. I don't need to start from scratch. And I'm not saying by stopping running for a week to a month six months if you're you know an experienced runner that would you know not be good but for me I need to it needs to be continuous and I do take breaks for recovery and I do have easy weeks but it helps me just to continue so I have you've been ticking over yeah and you're talking about well-being aren't you because yep it's really important yeah it's been one of the only things we can do isn't it so I, I'm you know painter a bad picture of me I'm stuck at home now working from home homeschooling two children what else you know not able to visit friends family or go and do things that I enjoy I can still go out the door and run yeah. providing Mark's at home I can go and run and you've just added to that workload with a, with a new house move as well so there's plenty of yeah, separate yeah. Stuff where, have you, where have you got where have you moved to Funny story, I'm not funny story. Don't know about but... the full address, Kelly. No. Well, you know, there's people. <laughs> we don't know about some of our listeners. <laughs> oh, I've never lived anywhere apart from Billinge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from a two-month stunt in Leeds when I went to university there, I've never I've lived in Billinge all my life, and this is the fifth house I've lived in in Billinge, the third one that I've owned. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm you, a home bird. You're staying in Billinge. Home bird. Is that because of the quality of uh, the the? Uh... I don't know. I think maybe, you know, I've got a great relationship with my mum and I don't want to be too far away from her. Mm. I don't mm. know. It, I'm happy where I am. And I know I sometimes think, oh, you should fly the nest and you should, ex you know, go and explore the world and different areas. But 
again, for me personally, I like being where I am. Yeah. I think it's, I think to be fair, yeah, you know, I think St. Helens and, and Billings, I mean, Billings is a really nice sort of, uh, sort of village, really, in the plenty of countryside around. And, 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 and let's, not, let, let's not forget, Billings encompasses the highest point in Merseyside, for those listening. Yeah, plenty of hills for, for the yes. runners to train on. So when I mentioned the earth, quality oh, surely yeah. must be better, surely. So my house where I live now, I am near enough two miles from the top end of Billinge, uphill. So if I do any routes starting from my house going like north of Billinge, I've got a two mile hill. Sorry, so your previous house, have you gone higher up the hill or lower down? I've gone lower down. Oh, you've gone lower down? Yeah, so I used to be in the middle. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm now right on the edge, so I'm near enough, you know, quarter of a mile and I'm out of Billinge, I'm in Carmel. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've got a big stretch Mm. to the top. Training this last... Well, you, you know, you've said, you've said, what about, we're going to move on to Matthew because he, he's telling me on the one hand that he's <laughs> injured and then the next message, I've done 104 miles on the tread, <laughs> treadmill this week. Doesn't make, does that make sense to you? No. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah well, I have, I've still got this uh, post-tibialis tendon injury. Uh, I've been to the physio a couple of times and, and they've said that as, as long as it, the pain doesn't increase, I can keep training on it. Um, but, yeah, if the, if the pain if it doesn't hurt as much to use the treadmill because the, the lack of camber and things that, and it keeps the, the foot nice and level uh, to keep using that. And so, so I've, I've been keeping it safe and just doing everything, every all of my sessions on the treadmill. And um, I'm following the, the North Arizona Elite uh, training plan that I've got from the coach, Ben uh, Rosio. Um, Scott Forbes actually uh, contacted me on uh, on Instagram yesterday. It made my day. Uh, he's one of my, one of my heroes and his wow. sort of plan. So he, he, yeah. mess- he messaged me back after I... I shared my session yesterday, which was a, a 24 mile uh, training run uh, on the treadmill yeah. with a mile at five minute mile pace and a mile at six minute mile pace, oh, uh, yeah. for t- alternating for, for 20 miles of it with a two mile warm up and two mile cool down. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was tough going, but uh, yeah, got through. Uh, as a qualified coach, for, uh, Kelly, would you not tell Matthew to retire with all his injuries? <laughs> so, well, I'm not a medical expert. <laughs> All I would say is, but I'm sure I'm sure Matt knows, is just to just take care. Um, it, you know, it's hard because he doesn't know, does he? He doesn't. Don't, I don't know how what you're feeling, but I'm sure if your ankle was sore, you wouldn't continue to be running. He would. He would. He would. I've I've seen the physio, John Joe, and they 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 give me the green light. So and, and, until it's too much pain, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll keep going. It's hard, isn't it? Because you want to, you don't want to promote something that isn't safe. But you just need to make sure that people understand you, your body, and you're fully aware of it. And you, you know, it's it's for you. You're not advising other people with no, injuries no, to get on the treadmill and, and run yeah, twenty miles. And that's that's it. I think you know, as, as runners, and I think the longer you run for, um, in terms of, I mean, like time spanning years of, of training, and you, you start to know and understand your own body more, and you you understand what pain is too much that it can't cope with, and what pain you know is is. It's just it's just sort of that that irritation in the background, and obviously if it's not increasing, you can you can keep going on that sort of pain and stuff. And yeah, you know the, the physios have looked at it, and um, you know a lot of it is just a, a good bit of swelling on there, but it just, it just won't go down. Um, I'm just trying to uh, clear clear that up and stuff like that. So yeah, it's um, but it, I'm getting through the miles. Um, it's definitely a lot better than it was a couple of weeks ago. I think that. The, the, the run it went on was actually a, a run with yourself, Kelly. We, we were out and it was it was icy and uh, I hit uh, a little bit. Of, uh, I think must have hit a bit of ice 
um, twisted my ankle without realising it, uh, came home and then about an hour later was just, just in pain and it, it was through the arch of the foot that the pain was and I thought I just irritated the plantar fascia but um, a couple of days went by and I noticed my ankle was quite swollen and realised you know, maybe something had gone over on my ankle and yeah, physio and things like that, seen it and uh, diagnosed that as, as posteriorless tendonitis sort of thing. So, but again with tendons you've got to keep them moving so you know it's one of the things they tell you to do the poor poor uh, blood supply so keep them moving and things like that and as, as long as the, the pain isn't increasing you know crack mm. on really how about you John Joe you, you, you done anything well, I, this week I heard you, tri- <laughs> you, you tripped him up Kelly is that right no. <laughs> well when did you do it because was it after you dropped me off uh, well, I don't know when I did it. It could have been at any point in the run. It just I didn't even notice I'd done it. I got home, was fine because I picked the pace up. I dropped because we ran about. We were running easy running, weren't we? For eight minute miling. Um, so once I dropped you off, I then dropped back down to six minute miling. So I just I, I legged it back and no problems whatsoever. And then about an hour after I'd got home and stuff like that, suddenly I was in I was in pain. Now, now, how how could you possibly console me, Kelly? Matthew, he was getting on to me about. Oh, my training partner, he said, my training partner, he's not been running so much since he became a Ben man, you know, he's not letting me down and all this. So I thought, well, he's, you know, I need to need to pick it up for him, you know. So I picked it up for him and then one week he said, right, he said, I'm changing everything. And he moved his long runs this Saturday. He moved all the days. And then I've got no one to run with, Kelly. How, how, can, how can you console me with that? What about the ethics of, you know, the training partner? Shouldn't there be some kind of common ground where, you know... Yeah, so I have the Get in for me, will you? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? Because, you know, I train a lot with Rachel. You know, she's one of my yeah. best friends and we train a lot together. But you have... Sometimes there has to be some mutual respect and understanding that yeah. you've... You are your you are your own person as well, and sometimes you can't always align your diaries. So what me and Rachel try and do is, because we've got work children as well to throw into the mix, we will say Rachel will say this is what she's doing, and I'll uh, say when yeah. I can and when I can't, yeah. or I'll say what I'm doing, and she'll say when she can and when she can't, and then I just I, I ask other people to run with me. Yeah, yeah. I run with but you, you 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 girls seem to work more closely. You know, you you're communicating better. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Matthew's got so, a lot to learn. So. How about you? So we've got the cuckoo group. Just posting. Oh, they're all hopeless in there, aren't they? They're like <laughs> wet lettuces. Well, I read something on. I read a quote yesterday, and it said all about you know lockdown and everything, and saying that groups now were they're all dying down because we've been doing it for so long to try and get us through the last twelve months, and it's kind of everything's slowing down we've spoke so much over zoom and by whatsapp everyone now is like they get fed up of they're getting fed up of it i, I just think john Doe needs to stop offending everyone and he's probably have more running partners <laughs> <laughs> maybe 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 he's right maybe but, he's but right. i think uh, i think the thing is john Doe is obviously i'm now following a marathon training plan and, and yeah. yourself are still following um, Tony's Tony sessions and stuff like that from liverpool and mm. you're doing them which obviously are t- tailored more towards that 5Ks, 10K sort of distances and yeah. actually you're welcome to join me on uh, when, it, when my foot's right and I can get outside and you can oh, join me on some of these 24-mile nice. sessions if you, if you think you can. They're not all 24 yeah. miles, are they? <laughs> they're not all 24 well, well, miles. Well, no, they go to 26. <laughs> I think as well, I think when you find your purpose again, when you find what you, a goal, you'll find that... Who said I've lost my purpose? <laughs> Sorry. When you find, I think sometimes we can, we can, reliant on others 
to help us to do our training and sometimes we have to find it within ourselves. we want to train for us and if we can coordinate that with somebody else to make it a bit more fun brilliant but ultimately the drive and the force has to come from you yeah absolutely absolutely kelly don't you find though when you're training with your sessions at the striders that you you get more from the sessions because you've got those other people pushing you in a speed session, for example. Yeah. So for so long now, without those people around you, I think when, when people go back to the settings of their cohorts and they're, they're pushing and they realise, I'm getting an extra 20% here or whatever it is because I'm really driving and right to the end and I'm not sort of cutting sessions short or whatever. Um, I know I've been guilty of that occasionally. Maybe not having a plan going out there without a plan. And then sort of getting lost, but when you've got, yeah, yeah, you agree, you agree, she agrees, she agrees. And I, I suppose jumping on on that a little bit is um, obviously there's we've spoken about one race that, that me and Kelly have both entered, but there obviously there's there's not many other races on the on the calendar yet. It um, won't. It, but, it won't happen. But, uh, it won't happen. But elite races are are going ahead. Um, you know, obviously there was calls about like potentially the Olympics being cancelled again, and then they were quickly. Um, hit back with from the uh, the Olympic uh, Association and, and, and uh, the Japanese government and things that say no all planning's going ahead and I suppose when you look at stuff like um, you know the NBA or um, you know football and stuff like that the games are going ahead there's obviously maybe no um, audience and stuff like in the stands and things but they're, they're going ahead so why with all the money that goes into the Olympics surely it, it will go ahead but yeah there's obviously there's no um, races for those that are on that, that level that I suppose the, the three of us are that sort of sub elite level um, you know we're, yeah, we're not we're not we're not good enough to be in the elite race so the, the uh, British Indoor Championships was this weekend yeah. but it was literally invite only um, you know four or five people in races and stuff like that uh, I've got a selection for the team but where's the chance for those that are just under that tier that are trying to break through into, into that the, I've the got a very level. basic sort of natural sort of feel it feeling on that particular topic a lot of people seem to want to support the elites and get behind it and tune in and watch for me no i'm not interested not interested whatsoever i think it's wrong as well that they should be allowed to compete on one level and then all the amateurs are sort of forgotten about i think for me no that you've got to have it all all together fully packaged and support both the amateurs and the professionals and yeah, well, I've got no interest in supporting the elites at the, at the detriment to the amateurs who have to sort of follow these rigid rules. It doesn't make sense anyway for me. Yeah, well, there was an interesting post from uh, Jessica Judd about that. Actually, she was sort of saying, you know, it's all great that the, you know, the elites are going to get they're getting a chance to compete indoors and for selection. But the thing yeah. that she loves most about athletics is it's one of those sports where you can be sort of you know, middle of the pack sort of runner uh, one year and then the year after suddenly you've had a breakthrough and, and yeah. you're right at the front of the races. But at the moment in this climate, there, there isn't the opportunity for that to occur because those runners that were middle of the pack last well, the year before now, um, who've trained hard through through the whole lockdown and stuff and probably have increased fitness considerably, um, aren't getting chance to show that. Because yeah, there's, there's no and, yet, and the, the other thing is they're breaking all these records, you know, and there's a reason for that. It's, it's quite obvious to me that the rest has enabled them to come back stronger and they're breaking the records, but I'd even go as, so far as to say that they don't even count. I know that's very harsh, but if you're not allowing the full spectrum, the whole participation, then for me, it's very rigid and concentrated. It's almost 
as if you're doping these certain certain limited amount of people to be able to to fire on all cylinders specifically just for them and I don't think it's fair you know what do you think Kelly yeah it's hard because the reason we can't have you know the amateur runner can't be attending races at the moment is because there's more amateurs than there are elites so the numbers are just not there's too many to make it safe and they, they say that they can make a safe environment for the elite few there's arguments for and against not, I've not thought too much about it really. I think we do need to respect that it's their career and it's their, you know, it is their livelihood, and you know the rest of us are allowed to work to some extent. So there's an argument that it's their job and it's 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 their work. So I respect that. I do think you know I've not thought about what you said, Matt, about you know the breakthrough um, athletes and that you know that is quite upsetting that they're not they've lost a year of potentially and they might never get that back. Yeah. They might, you know, so I've not, I haven't thought yeah. about that, but that is, that is a shame. It was, it was one of those ones as well where there was obviously the big arguments on stuff like like the whole shoe debates with the carbon-plated shoes and, you know, initially they were saying call out for, well, it's, it's not fair because they're too expensive for certain, you know, for certain athletes to buy, you know, and things like that. So it, it makes the, it, it's making the sport too elite in, in that regard and stuff. And my always counter-argument to that was, well, you know, altitude training camps and so on were, were also made it elite in that regard because... Those that had to work and stuff like that can't take two months off to go to them, um, but obviously you know that argument I suppose carries over onto this in that you know those that get to compete and things that are are they're able to compete but those that that are below that level don't and so you know it is becoming you know you either you make the cut of the elite or you don't and you you sort of sidelined and, and don't get to show any any performance on that side and but again it's it's a it's a um, sort of a nation sort of thing as well because America is. Is, and whether they've dealt with things better or worse than us and just, you know, set hell to the rules sort of thing. Um, a back scene doing races with plenty of races for amateurs and things like that. I was watching um, an indoor meet yesterday um, out in from the US that was had 800 metre runners um, and I think they got a women's race and they were running sort of um, 220s to 230s, which is the level I think yourself and, and Jade and things like that would be competing at. Um, and that was indoors, and they were they were racing there. Um, so there's the sort of obviously we're 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 dealing with it better. We're dealing with it stricter. We're you know our approach is, is better than the US. The US are saying hell to it, or you know are they just I don't know. And again, across Europe and things like that, we're seeing races go ahead and stuff. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on to the next topic. Yeah. I mean, well. Just one final point on that. It's not just athletics. It's um, it's everything. For example, you've got the boxing sort of community, which I've, I've duly noted. You've got professional sort of fights that are being planned and organised. And then the amateurs are just, nothing's happening. So they, they've got no, like, the motivation to, to train hard, to get ready, to prepare for, for, a, for a fight. That's all been sort of... And the amateurs, you, you've got to think, the amateur sport is really, should be right on top of the, the, the pyramid it's the most important thing the amateur and then it, at the bottom level for me it's the professionalism if you want to turn it into a job well it's okay calling it a job and work maybe that's what it becomes and, and that's the way it is but for me it's the, all the, it's the 1% isn't it it's the 1% it, it's the for me it's the the amateur sort of sport the competing the young people getting at the fitness 
the benefits, you know, to the health and the, the health service right across. That's the most important thing. And that's right for me. That's right at the top. And then when you get right down to the bottom, I'm not even interested. I don't, I don't, you know, watch anything like that on the telly. I think I should engage a little bit with it, but I don't, I don't because I'm, I'm sort of, you know, not interested. But yeah. Anyway. Okay, well, we'll swing anyway, topics to something final point to Kelly. Final point to Kelly there. No, I don't know what else to say on that really. Um, I can, I can say, I can see it from both sides. I think it's a shame that we're all not competing right now, but you know we have to follow the, the rules and we just can't. And it's the argument as in, do we allow the one percent because they can make sure they can do that safe, or do they stop it all for everyone until we can all run? Yeah, for me, I mean, what's your position on on COVID generally? For me, like, I, I don't believe, I believe that the cure is worse than the disease. And I think you're going to find in years to come, people have really suffered mental health, suicides, um, people in care homes, shut off, can't see the families. For me, you know, it should be about, should I give people choices, freedom to live their lives the way they wish to live their lives? And this government forcing um, restrictions on people, taking away liberties and freedoms. I think it's 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 sick. I, that's what I think. Uh, and as far as the disease is concerned, I was speaking to a doctor recently who has not had the vaccination, Kelly. She doesn't trust it. She's administering it. Um, and her feelings with the, the whole thing have been exaggerated to such an extent that, yes, it is there, but it's not. And, and then, obviously, the profiteering on the other side of the coin. But yeah, the disease is there. For, but I don't know. The approach I think is 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 um, has been detrimental to the people. What are your feelings on that, Kelly? I think for everybody, everyone's got their own personal experience of how this virus has impacted upon them. And for me, the biggest thing is my children. So Martha, she started school in September. And I think we, we added up how many weeks she'd been in between September and now, and it was something like eight. So for me, I'm, I'm really worried about their education. I'm worried about, especially for Martha, she's four. It's such a crucial age because they, they learn to read and write. And she's missed. And the onus is now on me and Mark to fill that gap. And because we're both working, it's, we found it really difficult me personally, it's the children that I've, I've it isn't because I, I'm discounting the virus, it's not, it's just the, the impact it's had on us as a family is I'm worried about my children's education and it's been very stressful trying to do it ourselves. And so Seth, he's nine and before the coronavirus, he swam twice a week, played rugby twice a week, played football twice a week. He went to Sutton once a week and it all stopped. So the added pressure as well as keeping my boy active as on top of everything else. And, you know, it's hard because he's he spent more time on his computer, naturally, because he just nothing else to do and it's been winter and cold. So that for me has been the biggest thing. I, I've, I've my boy who is so sporty misses all his friends gone from being active most evenings and weekends to nothing I've seen a lot of children on the streets on bikes playing about you know and, and some of those parents of those children would be criticised but for me actually I'd say 
you know, good luck to them. That's what they need. They need to be, it's the social interactions with the friends like Martha, you know, her and her friends. The reading and writing is really important. But those interactions, you know, those building blocks of playing with her friends, uh, she's missing that and that. That, that is really uh, concerning. I mean, I know my, like, my brother works in a, in a school, in uh, a high school, and he was saying how the, um, the year sevens that they've now got that would have started, that started in September obviously missed a lot of um, the year six year. Um, and so, and then they've missed pretty much all of the year seven year as well uh, with not being in school and stuff. And the, the ones that are having to come in and he's, he's working with them at the moment are still very much sort of a year five um, mentality and attitude and things like that. They're not matured enough mentally and they've, because they've not had that progression. They've not interacted with, um, when they started in year seven, usually you're the little fish in the, in the big pond in high school um, and, and they haven't in, had that interaction with the other age groups or anything like that to see they're still as if they're the top of the school and stuff like that when they're, when they're not. And I think that's, that's something that matures you in high school and stuff and it's something that they're, they're, they're missing completely um, at the moment. And I suppose swinging from this back onto an athletic side of things here, um, I know we've discussed in the past and, and, and I think it was... Um, our first podcast, me and John Joe discussed this, and we've discussed it Kelly on runs and stuff. But um, athletics in school, sports in school, obviously were a key point for, for you um, when you were growing up and as a child, and obviously um, key for, for Seth as well there and things like that. But how do you, you know, John Joe felt very much that, that school uh, let him down and, and um, on the sports side, and he didn't get as encouraged and stuff like that into into. I suppose finding the sport that was his sport, it was all very much football led. Um, you know, what's your sort of views on that and, and sides, and obviously athletics as a, as a sport in school in its place. Yeah, so I do have some memories of being at primary school and high school, and at primary school I went to the Sutton track, and I don't know, I can't remember what it was for, but I went to the track. I must have been about eight or nine. And they set up some hurdles and they watched us. Only a few of us were allowed to go. So my primary school obviously cherry-picked a few yeah. of the children that they thought were, you know, athletic. They sent us to Sutton Track. They got me running over a few hurdles. And I remember one of the teachers saying, while whispering, that I'd ran it faster than the bo- the boys, this little... Yeah. So then they then put me in this hurdle race. And I can't remember if it was... For my school, I can't remember, but I remember turning up on Saturday morning or the weekend and there was an athletic event on at Sutton and they set me up on the hurdles and I fell over the first hurdle. Yeah. Fell over the first one, grazed my knee, finished last, was distraught. Um, but as I remember primary school doing that with me that once. I didn't do it again. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't do very well. I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember what, what the race was, uh, what competition it was. I didn't do it, but like I say, I fell over, I came last, and then I never went back. And I remember at high school, I was in the Wigan area then, and we went to Robin Park to do our, um, what's it called when you, every year you do the sports, sports day. day. Yeah. We went to Robin Park, We booked, they must have booked that out to do the sports day. So once a year we would go there. Now Seth is nine and not once has he have I had anything from school about athletics so it's not even been an opportunity for him. He, I took him to Sutton St. Helens Sutton yeah. um, myself but he's never been anywhere so I think it might have even it's died down even more. 
because he, he, he's not coming home with letters saying he's got you know chance to go and try out here and there yeah. I did when I was a kid yeah. yeah and yet you feel he's missing out from school but there's nothing going on there yeah so with school I, they only do PE once a week mm. but now for Seth and with Martha as she gets older it didn't matter too much because they do the outside sports yeah. that me and Mark have got them involved in Yeah. so we keep them fit and healthy that way um, but at school itself I don't think sport is very big on the cards. It might be a school-to-school basis. I'm not being, you know, I'm not criticising schools in general. It's just my experience with my children. For me, by the way, your son, he's doing, like, how many different sports is he doing? He does lots. Oh, yeah, but my mother used to do that with me, but just, not, I'm not telling you what, you know, just an idea, an idea. Mm-hmm. What are you laughing at, I Matthew? I didn't say. Yeah, obviously, if he's going to be good at any of them, he's got to choose one and yeah. maybe even encourage him to think about maybe choosing the, just to go full, you know, because you're never going to be the best at anything if you've got, like, four different sports. Well, I think at nine, you're still, you're still developing uh, those coordination skills and, and things like that. And I mean, the range look, of sports is, is probably beneficial in, in that regard. I know, I mean, my probably greatest weakness as a runner is the fact that I've got no other... Uh, coordination skills, balance skills, hand-eye coordination, or anything, uh, flexibility, anything like that, which is probably why I'm injured so often. He can't uh, even ride a bike. Can't, he can't even ride a bike. Yeah. So you know, is um, but because I did nothing else, uh, you know, the only sport I ever ever had any interest in um, was running, and uh, I mean, I didn't even do that until I was until I was fourteen in any level sort of thing. So. Um, you know, I think having that activity across all the different ranges. Yeah, but you you forget you're forgetting about Mozart though. Right? He wasn't kicking a ball while he was playing the piano. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with what you're saying. I think if it if I saw that he does have a, a favourite. You know what my mother used to have me doing? She had me in the choir. I didn't want to be in a choir, the church choir. What else? Cub Scouts. Oh, the youth club. I was in a football team. We used to get slaughtered every week. That was definitely not, not a good experience. My father would turn up once a month and just bought, shout and ball at me. Um, but I really loved me snooker, so I was playing snooker all the time. So my body wasn't physically able to tackle these other sports anyway. I wasn't, you know, my fitness wasn't there. You know what they say? A master of all trade. No. A jack of all trades, a master of none. Well, yeah, I think the same, same really. And as you get become older, and this is where I'm going to have a pop at you now, Kelly. <laughs> right? You're now into your triathlons. Is this right? Oh, wow. So I've got... I think, let me tell, tell you what I think. You, you're 34 years of age. You've got ability in running. As far as I'm concerned, you could quite easily be the fastest woman round it. And you could even branch you could even maybe in a certain distance you could be the best maybe i don't know you never never draw the line anywhere merseyside north of it i don't know it depends how much you put into it but as soon as you say right i'm going on try it on you got your cycling you got your swimming yes it adds to your overall fitness but i think your running will you'll never be able to get the very best from that if you you're participating in all these other things and you know that's just an, an, another opinion which which relates to the previous you know yeah no i agree i agree in that if you want to excel in something you need to put your efforts in that subject so with with seth he does have a favorite and if he wanted to if i if i saw that he was gonna you know excel in that sport then of course i would let him concentrate on that with the triathlon 
funny story. I am not, I, well, I'll say I, I am not a triathlete yet. I entered one triathlon race in September of last year because there was no running races. I was on holiday in Centre Parks and a phone beat about this race, this triathlon race. It was going ahead because it could be done COVID secure. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. That's fine. Paid £75, signed up and then woke up in the middle of the night with massive regret thinking, what have I done? Never ever swam in open water before. I don't own a road bike and this race is in two weeks time. So I borrowed a bike. I bought the cheapest wetsuit I could find on the internet and I attended two open water swims to have a bit of a practice. And then I turned up to the race and just so happened to do quite well. You won? Didn't win. No? No, 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 far from won. I think I was, can't even remember. 16th, I think I was 16th. Out of how many? No, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I, I turned up as it was. It, it wasn't to compete. I turned up to just to do something. I, I because at the time I'd never competed in open water. I'd never really been on a bike. The only thing I knew I could do was the run. Um, although I'd never ran off the bike before, and that is an experience. You think you've had jelly legs before? You were you were sixteen sixteenth in terms of the ladies or the ladies, or the yeah. whole field. The ladies. Ladies, yeah. Sixteenth. Um, so what happens is with the triathlons and with running I suppose you get grouped in your age categories so even though I was 16th overall I was within a, I think I was fourth in my age category uh, so that then gave me the opportunity to apply to be on the Brit Great Britain triathlon team in my age group so I applied and I got in. So now I've got a race in Valencia. We don't have the date yet. I think in August, September, where I'm going to have a GB tri suit on and compete in my age category against other European countries. I don't know. Hang on a minute, right? For me, what's happened there, right? You got to fund that yourself. You got to go to Valencia. Uh, uh, yeah. So it, it, it yeah. sounds it sounds fancy, and it is because I will actually be on the Great Britain team for my age group. But it is I will not be in a, in any elite race. I have to. Fund oh, but you're paying for your own flights and everything, aren't you? Yeah. Pay for my own accommodation. Pay for my yeah. own kit. See what everything. I've got a sneaking suspicion there that. It's business, isn't it? Right. You got you got the triathlons. You got the athletics to compete in. For viewership, you know, basically it comes down to the televisions eventually, you know, advertising, sponsorship, the competing. The more people they get involved in their sport, the more it's, it just makes sense, doesn't it? You know, and for me, they've got all these age categories. You're a vet at like 20, you know, or what is it? What is it? I think it's that 35. 35 in athletics, yeah. In athletics, but in triathlons, it's even younger, isn't it? You've got categories that go. You've got categories, you're not a vet. Not a vet. You've got categories. You've yeah, five years. But the, the, the categories, basically, they, they loop, you know, they give more and more belief to the to the people participating that you get involved. And it's a cynical view, but they've, they've captured you. They've captured Kelly Hamilton. Just like that. Yeah, so I think, obviously, it's because I applied 
I'm not, if everybody who competes in triathlons had applied, I wouldn't have got in because I wouldn't have had the best time. But not very many people apply because it's, it's kind of like you've got to, you put yourself out there to get chosen. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they've thrown you a bone, haven't they? They've thrown you a bone and you've, you've grabbed it. But what, how is that going to affect your running in the next year if you're preparing for Valencia? So I'm, Your focus is, is it's focus, like a 50 pence yeah. piece, it's swayed to Valencia. It has, well my focus, it will always be running. And thankfully for me, the distance that I'm doing in this triathlon, it's a, it's a sprint. And you're not getting any younger, Kelly? The 750 metre swim, <laughs> it's a 15 mile bike ride and then a 5k run. So I don't need to put loads of miles on in on the bike. I don't need to be swimming far to be able to turn up and do this race. Of course, I don't want to go in there with no training, but it isn't like I have to stop all my running to hammer the bike because I don't need to for that short distance. It's only you talking. Come on, Matthew, the voice of reason. What you got? You got some some thoughts there. I can see you mulling over things in your mind. Come on, speak, speak. Everyone knows my thoughts on triathlon. No, anyway, no, no, so. no, no, no. We don't. We don't know them. We want to know them. What are they? Uh, well, you you know you've got you obviously you've got some talented runners that, that do that do uh, triathlons and stuff like the Brownleys. Um, their origins are in are in cross country running, um, and still they they turn up. Um, or they used to turn up when we had cross country at the likes of the Northerns and, and the National sometimes and stuff. Um, they always go out and do uh, when it's on. Um, the Fell Race on New Year's uh, Day, New Year's Eve, um, out uh, in the, the uh, Yorkshire Peaks um, and stuff like that. And then uh, and they, sometimes I know I raced against um, Johnny Brownlee at the Ribble Valley 10K a couple of years ago. So the, the guys still turn out and, and, and compete. Um, and with the top guys on the road and stuff like that in, in some of the road races um, they don't beat them which the 10k PBs at the end of a triathlon suggest they should be able to hence my uh, short 10k's at the end of triathlons Richard mm-hmm. Seville I uh, hope you listen uh, I'm sure you, you, you're coming on the show at some point to uh, debate me uh, about that one oh um, yeah yeah but uh, yeah um, what are you, know, you, what, what are you suggesting that Richard's not running the full 10k yeah I, I, th- I think they've got he's to be getting a taxi at the end he's of, getting a taxi I, I just can't believe a, a low 20 minute 10k occurs at the end of a, a triathlon 20 um, minutes? 28 minutes, what? 10k. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Occurs at the end of a triathlon. And you, you, um, you're putting this... Why aren't these guys yeah. knocking out the, the 10k's on the on the track and the road where they're fresh-legged and yeah, instead yeah, yeah. coming and running something like a 25 or a 26 or something like that and having the world records. So um, what, what are you really saying here, that they're shortening the courses? I, I, yeah, I think they're 10k's. And you should have that tattoo remove, removed from his calf. <laughs> the Iron Man one, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably only a 5k half, <laughs> isn't it? Um, <laughs> but... Um, you know, no, I mean, it, it's, yeah, you've got to look at your, your goals and, and things and obviously, you know, as Kelly said, her, her focus is her, her running and, and with the distances that she's got to do in, in the triathlon there, you know, um, as, uh, you know, as the, if, str- if you're strong in the running side of it, a lot of the time the race is won on the running side. When I've watched triathlons, I've watched the likes of the Brownlee brothers, uh, you know, sort of be middle of the pack and stuff through the swims they, they sort of work their way up a little bit t- towards the head of the fields on, on the bike mm. and then it's the run where they just beat out everybody else because their, their background is, is running and the strengths there you, you, listen you, you're singling, singling out 
these two brothers, you know, and they've been big business for that sport. They have made that sport. No, I mean, you know, UK, yeah, you yeah, take them yeah, out of yeah. the equation and, and it's in a different, UK, yeah, 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 it's a different thing. Yeah. But um, listen, Kelly, this is what it's like. I've got a guitar that I can't play the bloody guitar. I want to play the guitar. I'm trying to play the guitar. What do I go and do? I buy myself a ukulele. I've got a banjo. <laughs> You know, I've I got I got rid of a saxophone though with Tammy. You know, uh, Tammy. Yeah. Anyway, I've got all these things, and what what it, all it does is it takes my focus away from the real aim, which is the guitar. I should have the guitar, guitar, guitar. I should have the apps, the books, and practice, practice, practice. What, buy, go and buy myself a ukulele. Okay. Well, what's that going to do? It's going to it's tuned differently. It's smaller instrument. Um, it's very simple, but it, it just does. You know, you've only got so much time. You've got your work commitments and everything. Anyway, this is my story. Um, so, yeah. The same, the same can be said within running itself, though, isn't it? You know, uh, we both sort of say you, you've got extremely good talent on the, the trails and, and the fells and stuff like that, but you, you're playing around a lot with uh, a lot of stuff at Liverpool of track work and, and things, aren't you? 1,500 metre track work rather than that, focusing on that technical trail side of stuff I know I've not been on the uh, since stuff. I joined the Liverpool areas it's been yeah, COVID all the way <laughs> but, but that's the sort of training you were, you were doing or you've been following it on a you know being through WhatsApp and things like that you being sent and stuff and I don't know about that yeah listen I do I, I agree with you I think, I think that's where my perhaps I'd have the edge of not everybody there's always going to be a lot of you know people faster than me to be honest sadly to be honest but um, the trails, yeah, the cross country, those kind of stre- bit, bit more strength, endurance, would you call that? I don't know. Um, and then the fells, I think you need a lot of practice on the fells. I think that's a, a sort of a technical thing. It is, but I um, think you, you can also have a natural knack to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But at the moment, you know, I'm working with the areas on on uh, certain sessions. You know, we want to get a, a PB at 5K and work up the distances, you know. But nothing's happening, you know. We, we, we could have been... Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, within the sport, you, you can tackle what you're good at. That's what Matthew said. I agree with you there, yeah. Find out what you really are sharp at and, and you shoot from the hip and and keep going that in that direction. And then and then we... we uh, yeah. Sorry, go on. No, carry on. Yeah. I was just teeing up another topic off the back. Oh, yeah, well, Kelly's got... What, Kelly, final answer. We always give the ladies, or the first lady on, on the show, the final say on, 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 on this particular subject. Thank you. What I will say is, you need to remember as well that you need in life you need to enjoy things and we sometimes do what? Need, we, need dis- we need distractions and we need something change sometimes they say change is as good as a rest so for me it was especially with lockdown and it, the triathlon was exciting it's given me this opportunity to go to a different country hopefully in in summer and be part of something happy. I'm hoping happy. My family will come hopefully. So you got to look at it and as a bigger picture sometimes. And yes, the running is the focus, but this is our life to enjoy. Yes, I and um, we wish you the very best in Valencia. We do. Um, sometimes as well, I found though. I'm gonna to have to go back to Kelly and give her the final say. Yeah. Well, I, I, the, think, uh, I think Kelly's brought up a, a, another interesting uh, topic to discuss there. Uh, which we often discuss on the podcast, which is that... No, that no, there's one more point I'd like to... On the psychology of, of, of what we're talking about, though, which I don't want to miss, you know. When things get really tough and, you you, 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 you know, you've got to break down, you've got to collapse like a glass has to shatter. 
or you, you know pottery and then you remold it and you get bigger and better and sometimes you've got to go through that process of, of you know breaking up to, to rebuild and to be, be even bigger in whatever you're doing and if it's running whatever you know and sometimes when it gets tough that's that's you know on the guitar for example I can't do this oh I'll go and play the ukulele you know that's another side to it that we, we may be aware of I'm not saying with, with you wish you very well in Valencia <laughs> but, but, no, but I think I think that, that you know um, it's kind of sort of saying then is is you know running is is it's just part of your life and I think it's something I I, I think it's something you've struggled with more it's not part of my life year, uh, than I have and, and we've we've discussed it but we talk about finding balance you know you've been reading a lot of the, the um, sort of philosophies and things like that the various books you've been reading and stuff and finding that balance and you've been saying how you you've sort of I found it hard at times and stuff like that. And you, 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 you're saying to me, you know, you enjoy every run. And I'm like, well, I don't enjoy every run, but I enjoy the bigger picture of it. And if I don't enjoy it, then I take a, a step back for a bit and, and relax a little bit and things. And I know, you know, I've had this debate with, with, with Jade recently and, you know, she did a run yesterday and she was just devastated with it. It wasn't what she wanted to do. And I said, well, look, you know, don't beat yourself up too much. It's, this is, you know, running is, is an important part of our lives is is you know just a part of our lives at the end of the day you know there's plenty of other things and you know one bad session doesn't make you know isn't going to end the world sort of thing you know you've just got to keep going and, and find that balance and I suppose you know with you Kelly you obviously you know mum mum of two work uh, you know there's a lot of to, lots of sort of juggle and, and balance on that alongside your, your Kelly sort of thing so talk talk to us about um the i remember on one run there you were telling you know there's times there when you've you've been when you're running you know you were telling me you know you don't mind telling the help the audience help the, the people someone listening there who really appreciate you mentioned i think you mentioned to me anxiety is that right what was it no was that someone else there was a period there when you know races and things and you what do oh, we, yeah. remember remind me of that story and the, yeah so i think i did go through a, a so when I started running, because I very quickly, so I got all my PB, well, I got my 5K and my 10K PB within six to nine months of starting to run. So it was very fast for me. So with normally you see a natural progression over the years, people get progressively or incrementally better and better and better and better. Um, but for me, it was like bang. I've just, just run a sub-19 minute 5k out, out of nowhere and I haven't done that since I've only ever got under 19 minutes for 5k once and so why and how did that happen I don't know I don't know so ever since then I would turn up to a race with anxiety thinking you know why why can't I just do what I did when I first started running doesn't make sense physically how can a runner who's been running six to nine months get the best times because you weren't running before though were you weren't running before well, that's obviously you're going to start a new sport. You're going to go fast to begin with, aren't you? Because that's that's your first sort of, you know, because you hadn't, done, you know. Yeah, but you can't like say for four years now I've been training, 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 but my PB for five k remains when I first started. Oh, training. sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. I don't understand. Do that doesn't logically norm for most people. They see that they can they progress as the months, years tick on until they plateau and get to. A level that they can sustain and then have small improvements. For me, I went boom. So you need to change running. Come and join me at the Liverpool areas, <laughs> Kelly, and we'll we'll sort things out for you there. It's only a matter of time until the pitch came in, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what, I will, what I will say is, I believe I am fitter 
now even though i've not got my i've not i've been 20 30 seconds off my 5k pb ever since getting that pb i feel i am fitter now what you, what you need kelly is faster training partners <laughs> i say that because i'm i am physically fitter i can run further miles no you're you're you're, you're seriously you're the fastest woman in the striders aren't you at the moment one of one of yeah you got a few actually you got three or four uh, who's very very yeah 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 one of and you're all pushing each other on as best you can um, yeah but we haven't had like I say I run with Rachel a lot um, yeah. but we haven't had the opportunity to race in a race and compete against each other that way and we do egg each other on because we're, we're friends but we're also competitors um, it does help push you along having knowing that somebody around you just for example Jade as well when when I've ever competed against Jade, having you know around you, as you both do, the runners that are a similar ability and who will push you along. Matthew, where's she going wrong? She's six months, fastest time, four years, she's going slower. Well, I'm wondering if there's an interesting interesting one on there is because it wasn't long, that's not long after you had Martha, is it? Sort of thing yeah. that you got into your running. And um, obviously there's a, there's a, there's a question of... Um, um, when you, you give birth, you uh, the increased raising hormones and things like that for a, a, around about the next 12 months or so. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, even like the, the Russian athletes, they were actually in the sort of, I think it was the 70s, 80s, were actually sort of forcing the, the, the female athletes to get pregnant within 18 months of it, an upcoming Olympic Games so that they yeah. could have increased hormones and increased performance and things like that. Um, have another baby, I Kelly. I'm wondering whether or not that, that sort of maybe had some effect on that early performances when you got running. With where you were in that state where there was that increased hormone thing, because yeah. we've seen, obviously, we saw uh, Rachel come back from um, birth of Sam uh, mm-hmm. the other year, and, and her performances there across that 18 month span were, were up with her some of her best performances from from years gone by. Sort Ooh, of thing across yeah. that period. Mark, if you're listening. I know. <laughs> Definitely, there could be something in that. I'd love, I'd love to know what it was, um, but like, like I say, when I say it, it was five k and ten k, I've come very close to ten k's, and they're all they're about the same pace. So I've run a few seconds around my PB since then, which is fine, and I've continued to get PBs in longer distance, so ten mile and half marathon they've increased over the my training yeah. but that fast 5k i haven't been able to replicate and matthew is putting it down to a hormonal imbalance down, after you've, down, after you've had a, the baby as a, a potential question but yeah well no was, it's, um, it, yeah were you doing the right. were you doing the track work at the time when you were doing that with, with phil thomas and things that option? yes so yeah. that's possible as well because my mileage was very low at that time i was probably running 20 miles a week but i was going to the track once or twice um, and doing really fast, uh, 200 yeah. metres, yeah. 300 metres kind of running. Yeah. Everybody else would be doing mile repeats where Phil would have me doing 200 metre sprints because I'm naturally fast right. over short distance. Yeah. So that is also something else that could have... And, and you've dropped all that, have you? Yeah, so it's now just been more about more miles. Oh. And, and I think a lot, a lot of stuff people miss out and, uh, and things is, is the, the very that speed work element of things and especially if you've naturally got um, a quick turnover of speed and things like that you know that's you know if you work on that as a, as a strength and things and obviously it's something that as, as we get older does 
deteriorate the speed side of it. So I'm keeping that sort of in. I know you do a you do a lot of well, you used to do a lot of gym work when the gyms were open and things like that, and, and strength work and and stuff is is yeah. is, is a key part of, of uh, your sort of routine, was part of your routine. I presume you're doing some home stuff and things like that if you get a chance to maybe, or has that gone out of the way with COVID and things that's, like that? That's, that's died down. Yeah. So I was a P with Joe Wicks girl yeah. in March 2020 all the way through, which was very good by the way, half an hour every day of hit high intensity um, and strength workouts. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's died down. Why, why has it died, died down? Just, there's no excuse really apart from I can't be bothered. Yeah. I think mean, it's, it's one of those ones. As, as I think as a as a runner naturally, we we know how important it can be to our training, and we know that usually if we're getting if we're doing it regularly, we feel so much fitter and stronger from it. But it's also something that we're very easy to sort of neglect and, and forget about when you know when time runs short and things like that. And I think obviously you used to have a personal training, didn't you? And go and go see them. So yeah. anyway, you had that booked in and that block there. It sort of forced you into into doing that and making sure there was time in your in your routine for it. But without that, you know, I'm, I know Jade's got her personal trainer at the moment, and because of her elite status, she's still able to go and, and train with him and things like that. Um, it's never anything I've done, but it's it's you know I know I've I've always neglect my flexibility and my core work and stuff like that. The only times I ever really get into a routine is when I'm injured and I'm trying to do it to strengthen myself back up so I can get back to running full time and, and then it, and once I can I forget about it again until the next injury sort of comes around and maybe I won't get injured if I if I kept it up the whole time. But well you're you're keen on your on your yoga and things like that, John Joe, you you've been keeping that going through lockdown. <laughs> can you not see me floating Matthew? <laughs> yoga is a great thing. I think you agree, Kelly. Yeah, so obviously with dancing, flexibility was massive and we would spend, you know, half an hour before any session warming up, which in turn just stretching, stretching, stretching. Um, so I do know how important it is and it is on the back of my mind all the time. And I do try and do that every day, even if it's just after a run, making sure I just, it's my hips, you know, help helping with my hips. Um, that, that's an, another one then potentially is um, like before you started running do you still feel you had like that flexibility that you had um, from your, your dancing years and stuff because obviously the, the key the, the, the big issue with distance runners is the further we run the shorter our muscles become and, and contract and things um, and we lose that flexibility level um, and obviously that flexibility is key for that faster work and things and whether that is something that, that possibly as you've, you've built your mileage up further, you've lost some of that flexibility that you had from those years of dancing and things, and, and that's where some of that, that top end speed's now, now, now gone maybe, or yeah, def- things like that. that. Yeah, definitely. So I need to get back to doing 200 meter sprints. <laughs> I need to work on my flexibility. Oh no, but yeah, joking aside, and what we you know were talking about before is I'm now concentrating more on the, the miles, you know, we're doing the half marathon race, yeah. and I, you know, you can train and get fit and improve across all the distances, but sometimes you have to be targeted. And right now, my training isn't targeted to five k. No, Kelly, to Matthew reckons my four. You know, like the best thing at trails for me, trails, cross country. You said that before. Yeah. People who were listening, and um, you've said yourself that you you're naturally very fast. You said, basically said, I don't know if you you say it again that five k was your thing. And yet you're running lo- long, longer mileages to, to tackle a half marathon. What's all that about? 
because I've got a half marathon race in, at the mm-hmm. end of April. So right now it's correct for me to focus on that. Yeah, but if you're best at 5K, you know. Yeah, so just, what, you know. To, so I'm still very much exploring running. I've not been running very long, four years, and I'm, you know. Is that not a long long. time, Matthew? No. Not really, no. No. Still three days, really. So I'm very much exploring, and it's not about, yes, it's about what you're best at. If you want to, you know, excel in that distance, it can also be about enjoyment and finding what you enjoy more. And right now, I am still very much finding my feet. Um, I would like to get back to. I, I believe I can get another 5k PB. My body can definitely do it. I yeah. know that because I know I can run fast. So when I choose, I will target 5k and I'll do the appropriate training. To do that. I, I, I think you'll you, you'll be stronger because you've you've built the the miles up. The strength is there. It's then and that's that foundation. Yeah. Uh, you then just got to lay that speed work on top of it, and then that's where that's where those, those breakthroughs on the and, and go you need goals don't you we all do I mean I you know goals and a friend of mine Tony O'Brien from Liverpool Pembroke I don't know if you've come across him he's 50 years of age when during the the intermittent spell where we didn't have the lockdown he ran the second fastest 5k on record um, but he lost 10 seconds on the start line and it ended up like the fifth or sixth fastest on record you know so if 5K is your thing, you know, and you do knuckle down, there's, there's scope there for having some great successes, maybe. Well, they, they always say it takes, it's, it's, they used to have like the, the average figure of 10 years to 10,000 hours worth of, of work and, and, and conditioning and stuff like that to then get to your peak. And then for your peak, you carry that over for 10 years or so. And so, you know, you get, you get people who start in the 40s who suddenly peak at 50 and, and they're running... Obviously, you get athletes that start in the teens and carry it through, you know, brilliantly all the way through. But to do that, usually they have to keep the motivation of it because obviously, once you've been good at a certain age and then you're coming down off the back of it and you're, you're aging and your paces are slowing and stuff, sometimes the motivation goes. Uh, my mum's a good example of that one. She's, she's not really that interested in running now because she can't get anywhere near her, her personal best. But uh, now, Kelly, you are a, a qualified coach. You can tell the listeners what was involved in becoming a qualified coach, and where do you go for you know as a qualified coach? Do you have someone who sort of coaches you, or do you do that yourself? So my t- it's a coach in running fitness. So I attended. So to be a coach in running fitness, you first have to be a qualified run leader. So there's a step up. You can't just go right into being a coach. You have to do the course to be a run leader first which is very much the foundation or the, you know, the, the, the basics, but give the building blocks to start and then you can go and do the coaching course, which is very much more in depth and has a lot of practical work involved. I'm trying to think how many sessions I had to attend. It was over a six month period and I attended maybe four workshop days, which were full days over weekends. So it'd be a full weekend, Saturday, Sunday, nine till five, being let with lectures, and then, you know, practical scenarios. Um, and then it was a two-day assessment in, in a group. It was it was really tough. It was one of the toughest things I've ever done. And where do you go now to seek counsel or do you do it yourself in terms of training? And- so in terms of, yeah, so obviously I have friends who are qualified coaches, so we... 
just can discuss amongst ourselves. I do a lot of online research and very much into, you know, people's training. I have a limit because running is to me, it's my hobby. And then the coaching side of thing is a voluntary thing that I would do for myself, friends, family, and on behalf of St. Helens Striders. But it isn't my job and it isn't something that I can give my all to. It's it's an, on, on the side. So my development in that area will be slow unless I gave it more time. But no. right now, I work, I work four days a week as a childcare solicitor and have two children. So my time is limited. You did have a coach though? Yes. He, he sadly passed. He has. He... So, you yeah. never, no thoughts of re, not replacing him or replacing, you know, to have someone uh, to guide you? Um, not, not at the moment. And that isn't because I feel like I'm, you know, I know it all because there is so much that I don't know. It'll be a, an ongoing learning journey. That sounds cliche. But I, I'm a believer in you can, you can never know too much. You're always evolving. You're always learning. And I'll get that through my own running experience because I'm doing the, the subject that I want to coach, I actually participate in. So you get some coaches who don't actually physically do the sport themselves. I do run. So I've got my own intrinsic experiences that I can rely upon. I'm looking at other people running. I'm you know, getting data from Strava for other people. And so that's helping me learn. So right now, I don't feel I need to seek somebody else but I would never rule that out if I had a goal that I wanted to really focus on it was really important to me I wouldn't doubt I wouldn't have any hesitation sorry to you know see if there was somebody out there who could help me achieve it it's nice sometimes for somebody to tell you what to do it's nice to not have you're not like so much losing control but you you're allowing yourself to just do the running and not think about it too much because you, it's a big task you put your faith in someone sort of like that kind of thing isn't it? oh definitely i would never rule that out um but then you have to think about you know you'd have to potentially pay for that service if somebody does is a coach as their job and their livelihood you know a lot of co other coaches who want to coach you one-to-one probably going to want to be paid for it so I'd have to factor that in do I would I want to pay somebody to coach me what do I what well, I'd have to feel that they could really really help me so I need to be confident in them as a coach we know lots of coaches who wouldn't charge a penny of top coaches from clubs yeah. from the amateur sport yeah who would never dream they'd actually feel as though they couldn't do that they couldn't charge you because they've been a part of the sport for so long and they've they themselves have become the experts in their field yeah, yeah, yeah. from the sport itself. Yeah. So Phil Thomas at Sutton, St. Helens Sutton never, never ever mentioned um, payment. It was he enjoyed doing it. It was he wanted to give his experience and knowledge to you if he believed in you. Um, obviously myself, never in my wildest dreams would I charge anybody for writing them a training plan. But what I couldn't give to somebody, and it isn't because of money, it's because of my time, I could never commit to coaching somebody on a one-to-one -one basis because it wouldn't be right for... It would be cruel. I thought, I thought you've, done, you've done that, haven't you? No? I've written tra various training plans mm. for people, but it's 
training plan that I would give to them and then obviously they could come to me if they had questions for it but I can't give somebody enough time to coach them one-to-one because it isn't my job right now I'm a qualified solicitor working four days a week that that is my job I've got two children I train myself which takes a lot of my time so then I think if you're going to coach somebody on a one-to-one basis you need to give that person the right amount of time so I would never offer that to somebody until I had the time to do it just if I could justify what I was doing for them no I, I totally agree and, and that's that's the same same thing I've had just I've had plenty of people ask me about you know even just coming into the shop and stuff like that and said oh have you ever thought of just you know coaching and doing some you know and, and they're about you know getting people to pay me for it and I'm like well one I come from a, a, a club system where you know it's voluntary and things like that and I think I always have in my head that de- that debate against well you know people clearly people are asking me and potentially could get paid for doing that but you know I'm, I'm I sort of always come from that club system and, and, and I think if I was ever going to coach I'd want to do it down that route but recently that I've you know seen some of the, the way uh, the stuff being done out in America with the coaches it's, it's muddling in my head a little bit but um but yeah I, I you know as an athlete and, and with the shop and things like that I find it difficult to think well you know I don't have really have the time to sit there and, and do a plan to you know one-to-one plan and speak and take someone through all that work and, and go and meet them and watch them train and give them feedback on that and stuff like that and it, you know it's a, it's a big commitment to sort of to do really yeah kelly has written the, the, the schedule up you've passed it on to this p- particular individual they've come to you for counsel you've given them advice what else are you talking about what you're talking about more input more time but what are you talking about though specifically so for me if i was wanting a one-to-one coach would be i would turn up on i don't know a, a couple of days a week and watch them run and you know, not necessarily take part myself. So with the same telling striders now, if I go to either a run leading, I'm also taking part in the session for myself personally. So I'm there to guide the group, but it's also for me. If I was coaching one-to-one, I would want the athlete to have my full attention for them. So you, you believe as a coach to step back and to be, yeah, yeah I appreciate that. Because you wouldn't be actively involved. By being actively involved, you couldn't, yeah, I think because at the back of my mind, I'd, I'd be thinking about myself as well. It's my training session as much as theirs. And yeah. I think... You know, Within the weeks that go by, though, you, wouldn't you pick up on, you know, technique and stuff like that? You, you know, you... you I, don't, I don't know whether you would. I mean, would you know I, I, well, I, I found it challenging um, coaching Jade. So, you know, in that regard, you know, I'm going to sessions and I'm running sessions with Jade. But a lot of times I'm not watching what Jade's doing because I'm doing my session at the same time. And I've sort of said, you know, really... You know, to coach you specifically, I need to be able to do my session at a separate time and then just come in to watch you train. Um, the bit where I coach her, I suppose, with my role as a coach is when it comes to race day um, and going to, to see her race and watch her race and see, you know, look at the tactics she's using, look at where she could go, where she's gone right, where she's gone wrong, you know, trying to you know, help her with the pace judgment and stuff and shouting it out on the clock and stuff. Um, um, and then you know, prior making sure she's warming up in time and making sure that she's got the right kit at the right time and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't have the time during the sessions themselves to be able to sort of you know watch and, and keep focused because I'm watching myself and checking my breathing's all right, I'm checking my arm movements right, my, you know my knee drive and stuff like that. And so you, yeah, as much as I suppose you, you want to focus on them, you sort of don't because you you you're doing your own session as well for your own benefit. 
you need to observe and that's you, you can miss that um a, a training in a group obviously you, you can give lots of direction you can ask people how they're feeling halfway through or if it's intervals or you know you've got a break you can seek feedback then and answer questions but that's in a group setting that you're involved in i think if you're wanting to give someone that true one-to-one you need to be watching them you need to observe you need to be there you know you have to give them your time in terms of phone calls as well and i always answer messages if, if anybody ever messages me with a question i always respond and i always try and give them as much information as i can and i'll do that for anybody and everyone you say you, you use online sort of resources can you recommend to the listenership particular online sources that you would personally recommend really i mean you know i read articles from fast running weekly mm. athletics and um, i follow a few athletes on instagram and i think that's really good to see which which athletes do you follow i follow eilish mccorgan and jess judd yeah. okay mm. but it's nice because i mean i really like eilish because mm. she's you know she's very down to earth and she tells you exactly what she's doing and she seeks a following yeah. in a nice way she does like to get everybody involved and she'll tell you what training sessions she's doing she'll tell you what her upcoming events are and she likes to get the the people involved with her this is on what what platform facebook instagram with this this yeah Irish mccorgan yeah yeah, mm. yeah very good very and, good and i know we're, we're, we're getting short on time now and there's there's one last thing i'd, I'd just like to, to i've got, to, I've got one more question you. as well I mean, okay well, well we'll do this mm. one um Obviously, we've discussed it a couple of times on, on the on the show, um, but it'd be great to get your sort of uh, side of it, Kelly. The the big cross country debate, which has been the the big sort of topic in athletics, British athletics, for the last month or two, just seems to have gone a little quiet this last week or so. I think maybe because we've got some elite races on and the, 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 we're watching some fantastic performances. But yeah, what's what's your view on the equality in races and the, the distances of cross country, Kelly? And what's your views on that? Well, uh, my first point is it's great that the sport is trying to recognize making it equal between men and women i think what they've missed out in in my opinion there is by the way what's not equal in in, in ter- if you're trying to make something equal what what would you say is not so you know we've come a long way in sports so you know, once upon a time women weren't even allowed to participate so just having an equal opportunity for regardless of what gender you are you can participate in the sport um that's what i was going to say sorry that's all right um <laughs> we'll just pause here for a moment to allow <laughs> kelly to think about i do apologize yeah, so i think it's good that they're continually trying to get it on a, on a level playing field for men and women but i think what they may have missed in my opinion is that there are genetic differences between a male and a female um, so they've they've brought the men's race down a distance and increased the ladies to make it now an even distance men and women and I think in my opinion they've therefore made it less equal because of the genetic difference between a male and a female and that doesn't say I'm not saying that women can't do what a man can but there are differences between men and women biologically 
Well, they can't, can they? Women can't do what men can do, can they? <gasps> John Joe, <laughs> don't be saying that. Well, well you wouldn't throw a, a lady into a ring with a man, would you? Boxing. Yeah, you wouldn't do that, would you? No, and I think, unfortunately... Tennis. Look at tennis. They have less sets. I know, and I think what But what, what are you saying when you say that they're trying to make it more equal? How could it possibly be more equal than what it is now? So they've, what they're doing is they're saying to make it equal, they're fixated on the same distance for men and women. I know, yeah. yeah. And I think that isn't necessarily the answer of making what, but, something equal. What, what is the problem? That's what I'm asking you. What, what is the problem? Well, I didn't think there was one. No, well, there they go. So there is no problem. In my, it's again, it's all subjective, isn't it? In my opinion, and I've had self-experience of this anyway, because um, having represented Merseyside at the cross country a couple of few times, I went from doing a five k race one year and the men doing, oh, sorry, an eight k race one year yeah. and the men doing twelve k. And eight k was well enough for me. I was. When the men were saying they're having to run 12, I was like, I am so glad I don't have to run 12k. And then they changed it and they made everybody run 10k, men and women. And the women seem to end up running more like 12k, the, didn't they? The, the women's <laughs> route, for some reason, ends up being longer twice. Um, so from an enjoyment perspective and a more wider participation, I think it might put some, some females off. I personally didn't encourage, didn't, I wasn't happy about running further. I was quite happy running the distance that was previously set for the female race. And I think it allowed us to excel, allowed us to really push hard and tackle that distance. And then by increasing it, I think we're going to look at it more as a, it's a proper endurance event now. We're going to lose that. You could have that as well. You could perhaps have an additional event, you know, an endurance event with a greater distance. Well, yeah, I mean, there's some of the discussions, isn't it, that sort of, that are trying to say, if you wanted equality on it, then create two different races, have the short, have a short course men and women's and a longer course men and women's sort of race, or the other one is that women who want to run the longer distance, because maybe they're a marathon, ultra marathon sort of specialist, and they want to do the race, um, they, you know, they can join in in the, the men's race and run that, run that longer race. Obviously, counts as, as a women's race within that race itself. Um, but obviously, the, the other one with cross country is that it brings, or what it historically has done, is brought the eight hundred meter runners, the fifteen hundred meter runners, track athletes, and then put them against that the five k, the ten k, and the marathon sort of runners all in one place. And that that eight k distance gives that nice sort of middle ground sort of in between um, you know and, and you know, similar in the, in, the, in the men's uh, race in that regard so the, there is let me just confirm Kelly there's a, there is a, a misnomer is that the word misnomer that the in terms of equality there wasn't an issue there prior to the the idea that there is an issue yeah I see I don't know whether the, there was a, a, a high level whether there was Obviously, there must have been discussions about it. I don't think, you know, athletics have just thought, oh, we need to... There must have been some argument for it or some pressure to make the race the same distance for men and women. For me personally, I don't think there was an equality issue. And I don't think by changing the distance and increasing the ladies and decreasing the men's to make it the same distance, that solves the problem. There's no problem. No, and, the, and, and a lot Kelly. of the elite, the elite ladies have... have or in, have said the same thing. This is a good question. In terms of equality, 
within the sport, yeah. within sports perhaps even generally, would you see any any problems that you, you feel should be tackled? And no, I mean, I think sometimes I'm not, I'm not purposely looking for it. So when you don't look for something, you might not see the truth or see what is what is actually happening. In my experience of running so far and those other sports I've done, I haven't, in my opinion, I haven't suffered any inequality. And in terms of inequality, you're just looking for basic respect. Basic respect. And you're getting that I get basic everywhere respect. you go. Yeah, I've never felt, um, you know, looked down upon just because I'm a woman. I, 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 I'm happy. I, I, everything's fair and hunky-dory in my You need world. to tell that netballer, what's her name? The woman in charge. Oh, Joanna Cope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I must say, there may be things and experiences that have happened that I'm not aware of because they haven't affected me. I mean, so I, I just don't know. One of the things I always think, from an from a equality distance thing, and I think that, that maybe is wrong and could be addressed, is, is in the, the junior age groups. Um, when they go to the track, the men and women, or the, the the boys and girls, I suppose, at that, that point, is um, they, the, the boys will run 400 metres races and the, the girls will run the 300. And it, usually at that, that age group, actually, the girls are more developed. Um, yeah. they, they generally develop earlier. Um, and I always, I always sort of think that that's, that is a little bit, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a lack of equality there. I always think there should be, you know, 400 metres is the race distance as you go up into the seniors. I can't see why... The, the girls at that point couldn't run the 400 metres because they're probably more developed than the boys are, the majority of them anyway, at, at that age group, um, and would sort of make more more sense. And, and it goes down all the way through the sprints, to be fair. Um, and some of the, they, they do some of the 800s as well, or uh, 15, so they'll do a 1,200 for the, for the girls, um, whereas the boys will run a 15. And I always think, you know, in, in sort of like the, the Northern Leagues and, and things like that, the Junior Leagues and stuff, um, they, they could do the, the equal distances on those ones and maybe that's a place where you know if you want to equalise distances that's the that's the place to sort of do it maybe you could take over from this Joanna Coates and give us all a break <laughs> oh, I, think, <laughs> I think the point is I don't think anyone said the women can only run the shorter distance and the men can run the longer distance because they want it to be unfair they're not. They're not doing it that way. There's a reason they've chose different distances, and they. You know, it's not because they just want to. Women aren't as good as men. I really don't believe that's the. Very interesting this uh, equality debate because I listened to Sean Connery, about in an interview thirty forty years ago. What you left there, and he thought it had gone too far. Then, he thought it was gone the other way. You know, in terms of balance, he thought, well, as a man, you know, as a man. <laughs> I think it's gone, and he did. I thought that's interesting, um, but forty years on, Sean Connery, God bless him, sadly passed last year. Um, equality, uh, it's it's the it's the transgender thing, transmania. I think they're calling it. Um, all sorts of questions on equality. I don't know. I don't know. I think people. They're struggling to see the wood for the trees. Listen, Kelly, you won't go home empty-handed. We have a lovely present for you. Ooh. But before, before then, because this show has gone on quite some time. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Finally, perhaps, uh, uh, Matthew may like to add. No, 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 no. Finally, what are your hopes, aspirations for the future within the, the scene of athletics? And also, what have you gained from talk about the Sally Striders, perhaps even recommend them as a place to come and, and visit, you know, um, and join up maybe. Um, so the final word with the Honourable Lady. Go ahead, Kelly, go ahead. Yeah, St. Helen Striders is a massive part of my life. So I joined in October 2016. I've made so many friends, so many friends. It's a big part of my life, not only physically and, and training-wise, but mentally, it's my it, it's where I go to be with people, and I've missed it so much during lockdown. And we've kept it active by still producing monthly training plans for the groups and by having virtual challenges to try and keep you know keep keep the excitement and the motivation there. And I just can't wait to get back. And anyone listening who's thinking of joining the club, what I will say is you'll be very welcomed at St. Helen Striders. It's a it's group running. It's not too serious unless you want it to be. Um and, and you'll have a good time and meet some great people. Well it's been quite emotional. Matthew, have you anything just to add? Just uh, just to thank Kelly for, for coming on the show and, and joining us. Yeah, absolutely and no no better lady to join this this first edition. We're all for equality here at um, Two Men on the Run. Yeah. Um, it's only the 23rd, 24th edition, and we've got finally got a lady on the show. So here we are, madame. We've got a lovely little book for you oh, there. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, Go on, you can... It's, who is it? It's Kelly Holmes, black, white, and gold. And, and, and you can, if you turn the first cover, there you go, have a quick look. It's been signed there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Kelly Holmes, eh? And a lovely little glass there. Well, thank you very much. Guinness, it will, just a small amount of alcohol each day will do you the world of good, madame. Yeah, so I... Thins the blood. I have a friend who swears by half a Guinness for everyone. <laughs> oh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah! Thank you for joining us, Kelly, and thank you all for listening. There's two men on the road.